This is the Historian's Podcast. I'm Bob Cudmore. A pleasure to welcome Matt Ryan to the program. How you doing, Matt? Pleasure to be with you, Bob, as always. Matt Ryan is managing editor of New York Now on WMHT Public Television. We're here to talk with him about a new documentary about Governor Mario Cuomo called Governor Mario Cuomo Poetry and Prose, I believe is the, is the name of the documentary. Tell me if that's true, but also explain why you would give it that kind of unusual title for a politician. Well, yes, that is uh, that is the name of it. And, uh, you know, I think his most famous quote is, is, is arguably, you know, you campaign in poetry and you govern in prose. And the poetry and prose of... of of Mario Cuomo, I think, I think that best that quote best uh, sums up his his time in Albany, which you know certainly had its highs and its lows. And we certainly, yes, it, they, they did indeed. Uh, and we certainly live and breathe the Cuomos here in New York State. But just That's to right. kind of go over the the basic uh, outline, Mario Cuomo uh, was uh, governor uh, elected in 1982, lost an election in, I believe, 1994, to George Mm -hmm. Pataki. And now it's Mario Cuomo's son who is into his second term as governor of New York. And Mario Cuomo died, as I recall, the day his son uh, took the oath of office for the second term. That's right. Very, uh, very dramatic uh, storyline. January 1st, 2015, Andrew Cuomo is sworn in. He gives his uh, speech, one in New York City and then one in Buffalo, and, uh, you know, as Andrew told me, um, and I'll use the word Andrew so we're not confusing sure. which Cuomo I'm talking sure. about, he said that, uh, you know, the governor, Mario, heard his speech from Bus- Buffalo, listened to it, and then literally, you know, died uh, within an hour or two after that. And as you say, uh, Mario Cuomo certainly had his ups and downs and, and left office on a down note after mm-hmm. losing an election to a relatively unknown uh, George Pataki at the time. And now we find Andrew Cuomo uh, is into his second term as governor, but he seems to be uh, fighting a a big corruption battle involving members of his administration. That's right. This this one, uh, I think, really hits home the most. Uh, One of the people um, charged was Joe Prococo, who was basically Cuomo's right-hand man. I mean, if you were dealing with Joe Prococo, you were pretty much dealing with with Andrew Cuomo. And Prococo goes back to the Mario Cuomo um, tenure. He he worked for Mario uh, in his third term, and we've actually got some old video of him uh, in the background with Mario. Um, So, yeah, this this hits Governor uh, Andrew Cuomo, you know, very close to home. And you know, we'll see what this means for 2018. That's still a, a long ways away, but you know, you can see the campaign commercials already from the other side. <laughs> I'm sure you so, can. Uh, we'll see how we'll see how it plays out. Still, still a lot of time left before that. Yes, gotta and, get through 2016 first. <laughs> indeed. And this documentary, uh, maybe this is an I guess it is an aside, uh, benefits, as I understand it, uh, from a, a great uh, video trove uh, uh, that. Uh, is accessible to WMHT, a program that was uh, produced in in Albany for WMHT and uh, stations around the the state uh, called Inside Albany. You were able to to use a lot of that video. That's right. Uh, Inside Albany was on from 1975 to 2006, and uh, you know what a pioneer it was because you know back then in the medium of television, you know you had some. You know, of course, you had your local news stations covering, but, you know, oftentimes that would be just a 
soundbite, um, you know, and not much more than that. But Inside Albany covered, you know, you know the the governmental hearings. You know, you got long uh, uh, sound and a long form from folks like Mario Cuomo and other leaders of, of state government. So yes, they they. Uh, just like New York now, they were on once a week and covered state politics for, for three decades. And I just had a tremendous amount of video to choose from uh, going all the way back to when Mario Cuomo was lieutenant governor running in, in 1982. And it's funny to look at the video because, you know, it's, it's standard definition. It's a four by three ratio or, mm-hmm. or, uh, or a few years past that now. But I think it really takes you back in time and, and, and really gives you that feel of what Everything was kind of like in, in the early 80s and the mid 80s, but uh, yeah, I was very lucky. The thing is, Bob, though, you'll you'll appreciate this. All of those old you know, pieces of tape or film, in some cases, a lot of them, most of them, were one-inch reels. Uh, by doing this documentary, um, it started the process of digitizing all of those old tapes, which Did is, you? of course, important yep. uh, for preserving um, all of those. You, you might have heard Ken Burns has talked a lot about working in the National Archives and finding this great piece of video, but when they tried to transfer it, you know, the tape snapped or the film snapped. So uh, that's kind of a, a one a big benefit of, of doing this project. Yes, and I've done television, I guess, is somewhat of a sideline, so I don't really understand a lot of the technical terms. Like, this goes way back to your in your answer. What is 4 by 3 You mean that it's in a format that you don't use anymore? Is that the idea? Right. Nowadays, you, you know, your telev- most of your television screens are 16 by 9 uh, 1080, or back then it was it was four by three, not the widescreen. You know, uh, if you look, if most of the televisions that people have at home now are you know are are, are wider than they are tall, and uh, but back then it was more of a box. Mm-hmm. And if you watch some old video, different companies have different ways of presenting it. Sometimes they just leave the black on the on the on the sides. They mm-hmm. call them the wings. Mm-hmm. And other folks, like what we did, is we pushed in a little bit because I, I find that black on the sides, those wings can be a little annoying to the eyes but yeah now we have uh, high definition video back then it was standard definition uh, a lot of folks will be looking at it saying why is this video so blurry right right and, and this is a program on history i'm having a little trouble remembering myself uh for the, the hosts of inside albany i remember the best are dave hep who i think was with it through throughout dave hep yes, yep. and all and also lisa von jensen but who was the the uh, female uh, anchor b- before Lisa Von Jensen? Uh, a woman named Peg Breen. She oh, left yes. in uh, 86, but she was there from 75 to 85. And, you know, she covered uh, Mario Cuomo for many years, and she's in this documentary as, as well. Uh, people who remember the program will see a lot of old faces that uh, they haven't seen in a long time. I think that will be uh, pretty neat for them. In fact, in the trailer, I believe I see... Peg Breen yes. uh, saying, uh, you know, giving her, uh, recounting her reaction to Cuomo's famous 1984 National Convention speech saying uh, I, something like, well, I, I saw that and I said, well, it's so long, Governor, he's going to yeah. be off to the White House. That's right. A lot of, pe- a lot of people thought that. And that, of course, was an ongoing theme from, from that moment all the way until uh, you know, December 20th, 1991, when he, uh, Mario finally announced that he would not be running for president. And it, and it seems you uh, when you focus on his oratorical skills, which were uh, in, incredible, really, um, and um, and also I mean I, sh- I should bring this up right now. I, I presume it's in the piece. I saw it in the in the trailer. Um, uh, Fred Dicker, the longtime 
and very kind of powerful and controversial a state editor of the New York Post does a, a radio talk show still in Albany but you had him on camera saying what I've you know heard, heard him say frequently over the years he said I don't think much of Mario Cuomo he said he was a good talker but he was a do nothing well, I mean, uh, to be honest with you, the exact phrase that Fred used was all talk and no action, uh, which is, you know, a cliche that most of us are familiar with. Uh, but, you know, but to be honest with you, I, I talked to 41 people. That exact phrase was said by two or three people. So, you know, one of the problems with, with Mario, I guess, is that um, I think Mark Humbert from the Associated Press uh, put, it back, put it best when he said, yeah, he'll be, he'll be remembered most for giving speeches. But that ain't so bad. <laughs> well, there you go. That is a good point. And and another. Um, well, all right. Let me uh, go to. We're going to use in this uh, podcast uh, some of the audio from uh, your uh, documentary. Um, you, you show a Mario Cuomo being c- kind of grilled by, a, I believe, a talk show caller about how oh, things are bad, Governor. Things are bad, Governor. And this, you know, it sounds like it was from 1994 when. Uh, Cuomo lost to George Pataki, and it was, uh, again, quite a blow. And at some point, well, not at some point, uh, that was the end of his elected uh, office career. But at some point, his son comes forward, uh, kind of works his way up, tries to run for governor once, doesn't make it, uh, works for Bill Clinton in the the federal administration, as attorney general a couple times. But then finally, he he gets to be uh, governor. And that must have been a very sweet moment uh, for uh, Andrew Cuomo. Yeah, no question. He, He used the word redemption. That, uh, as you described uh, very well, you know, Andrew ran for governor in 2002 at a time where a lot of people didn't think he should be. Um, a lot of people thought it was Carl McCall's turn, uh, longtime state controller and a long, long um, member of, of prominence in the Democratic Party, the first African American. And uh, Andrew decided to run. He eventually withdrew and. He talked about how soon after that, you know, he had a, a divorce that became public and was in the papers and the tabloids. And so he, both he and his father, you know, didn't have the greatest time, you know, in the early 2000s, late 1999. As he said, they were walking around as, quote, losers. But, you know, they had a lot of different, different discussions, according to Andrew, um, you know, about what, what the next step should be and how they can kind of, uh, how, how Andrew can kind of get back into the, political discussion, and, and ultimately that, that happened when he was elected attorney general in 2006 and then uh, governor in 2010. And let's listen to that uh, audio from Andrew Cuomo. 2010, Cuomo wins. Andrew Cuomo. Nah, Cuomo. <laughs> you know? So, it's, look, I also don't believe I win unless they have gotten past the anger at Mario Cuomo. You know, you don't elect the son of someone you really don't like who, who looks like him and sounds like him and has a big nose like him and big bags under his eyes and big hands, you know. So it was a special moment. And in some ways also, and I, I feel this as a father, your child's success is even sweeter than your own success. And your child's happiness is so much more fulfilling than your happiness. And I had run for governor and lost. Uh, I had been ridiculed and embarrassed through that whole divorce in the papers. Uh, 
my father was a prideful guy and he was so uh, hurt for me uh, because the, the inverse is also true. Your child's pain hurts so much more than your own pain. So 2010 was uh, a beautiful moment. You're listening to The Historian's Podcast. I'm Bob Cudmore. We'll be back with Matt Ryan of WMHT Public Television, managing editor of New York Now and uh, producer of a new uh, documentary called Governor Mario Cuomo, Poetry and Prose. I hope you're enjoying this edition of The Historian's Podcast. Since we started the podcast in 2014, guests have included Boston Spa author David Fisk, Northville Village historian Gail Kramer, and National Public Historian Thomas Cahill. We keep going financially because of your donations to our GoFundMe campaign that helps to pay for production expenses. Please donate at GoFundMe.com forward slash historians2016. If you'd rather just send a check, please make the check out to me, Bob Cudmore. Send it to 125 Horseman Drive, Scotia, New York, 12302. Thank you, and let's get back to our conversation with Matt Ryan of WMHT about their television documentary, Governor Mario Cuomo, Poetry and Prose. Uh, In addition to discussing or documenting uh, Cuomo's uh, great speeches and uh, the excitement he really brought uh, to being governor, you also kind of focus on his personal style. Uh, he, he was somebody who could be very um, you know, friendly, but also he could be, he could be very tough when, when you, you met him or when reporters met him or when anyone met him. Yeah, there's no, there's no question. Um, he, he kind of walked around as a very mysterious figure, even to people who knew him for many years. Uh, we talked to former legislators like Richard Brodsky, who represented uh, Westchester for many years. Uh, Joe Bruno, I'm sure uh, someone uh, many of your listeners remember from uh, his time in the state senate. Uh, that, was, that really struck home as much as anything, is that no one seemed to really know Mario Cuomo all that well. Um, maybe that's because he liked keep, keeping people on their toes. Uh, but yeah, that, that, was, that was part of the aura of Mario Cuomo. Hmm. And uh, an old friend of mine, actually, in full disclosure, a former boss of mine when I worked for the State University, but um, as with many people in government public relations, uh, Ken Goldfarb had worked for the media in various places in New York State, but for some years at the uh, Schenectady Gazette, where I also now do a column. But in any event, uh, Ken Goldfarb is shown, uh, or uh, I'm not sure it's actually in the documentary, but it's in the material that's online. Uh, Ken Goldfarb was able to find the man who beaned Mario Cuomo in a minor league baseball game. And apparently that uh, injury, if you will, is what caused uh, Cuomo uh, to to stop his uh, baseball career. Uh, The man who uh, pitched that ball that hit Cuomo was a man named Jack Barbier. And uh, Ken Goldfarb explains how uh, Barbier and Mario Cuomo, uh, many years later, got back together. I got his name out of the box score and what team he played for. And then I had to go through every baseball source I could think of to find out 
who this, where this guy was from. I didn't know. I had no idea. He could have been dead for one thing, and he could have lived in out in Nebraska or who knows where. Uh, and I ended up, somebody gave me the name of a, a fan who lived in San Mateo, California. I can't remember the fellow's name now, who kept a record of minor league ball players for some reason. Well, I called him up, <laughs> got him on the phone, and I said, I'm trying to track down this ball player who played for the athletics farm team in Georgia back in uh, the early 50s. His name was Jack Barbier. And he said, just a minute, puts the phone down. He comes back, and he mentions that he got traded to another minor league organization. And at that time, he was listed as Schenectady, New York. Well, <laughs> when I heard that, I almost fell off my chair. Mario Cuomo, when he played minor league ball, didn't use his first name. He used the name Matt, or Matthew, which was his middle name. Uh, so the story goes that Ma Mario was a little too ethnic for down south in the 50s. I brought this to the press office and the governor's office, and they were suspicious. They, they didn't know that this was actually true, and they thought maybe somebody was scamming somebody, I guess. I mean, they didn't say that, but you could tell by their attitude they weren't too excited about this. And it took a few days uh, of providing them with the documentation and all that uh, they agreed to meet with Jack. And, and so we got them together. And they were just, they were real nice. They were cordial. Uh, Mario, who could be very aggressive at times with reporters, was very charming. And he could be that way as well. Uh, and they were, they, they were fine. Uh, I, th I think, <laughs> I can't remember whether it was at that point or sometime later, um, we try to get what Jack's uh, political leanings were, and he, he was reluctant to say, <laughs> which I figured meant he was a Republican. <laughs> I think it's interesting in that story from, from Ken, one thing I thought was fascinating was that Mario Cuomo, when he was in the minor leagues, he, he called himself Matt Cuomo. That's right. <laughs> instead of Mario. Uh, and some Ken had some thought that maybe that was you know, because... Uh, it was too ethnic if it was Mario Cuomo or something. Right, like a lot that. of people in the South might 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 not like someone with that many vowels. But that's something that came up, you know, even when he was thinking about running for president. You know, uh, he, he had mentioned, you know, can someone really handle uh, an Italian American, some guy with uh, so many vowels in his last name? Of course, we don't think too much about that nowadays. But you know, thirty years ago, twenty thirty years ago, that was uh, that was uh, that was the case. And what a great piece of reporting by by uh, Goldfarb there. I mean, we had him in, I think, in, in, in April, and Ken was telling that story. And, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's what we do. You know, try to find a, a little something and dig and dig and dig, and that's what he did. And as he said in that clip, I mean, he nearly fell off his chair when he found out that Jack lived in Schenectady. I mean, what, uh, what a break that was. And he got them together. And years later, when, when Mario was on some of his last interviews in 1994 before he left the executive mansion. Uh, he he pointed to that story as he thought, uh, you know, one of the the best stories that was written about him, uh, and one of the most fun. Mm. Uh, yes, uh, some other people that um, you've got in the documentary, and we're not going to use their uh, their sound bites, but mm -hmm. uh, Harold Holzer, the great uh, Lincoln scholar, yeah. has this tale about. Well, maybe I shouldn't say me telling it. He has this tale about uh, Mario Cuomo at. A debate for mayor in 1977 when somebody threw a pie didn't hit Cuomo, but it hit uh, the the incumbent mayor, Abe Beam. 
uh, that was and that was uh, Harold. I think he said that was like the second time he had ever, um, you know, interacted with with, with Mario, and that, that left quite quite the impression on him. Uh, you can almost you can almost see Mario just diving across the you know the stage to to tackle this person because you know their thought is who who, who knows what this person really has is that a pie or is that a weapon or. And so, yeah, he tackled them from the stage. That's when Mario ran for governor in 1977. And he and Ed Koch were the top two um, top two vote-getters in that election. And then they had a runoff, uh, which was pretty controversial. Um, part of the uh, – some people call it urban legend. Some people say it actually happened. But uh, during that runoff between Cuomo and Koch, there were allegedly signs up in the boroughs that said, Vote Cuomo, not the homo. Mm-hmm. A reference to Ed Koch's, uh, you know, alleged, you know, homosexuality, and uh, that became a big deal. It's something that we deal with a little bit in uh, in the film. A lot of people on the in the Koch campaign won't say on the record, but off the record, that they blame Andrew Cuomo for that. And I asked this, I asked Andrew in the film point blank if if he had anything to do with that. So. I think uh, your listeners will ah. will be intrigued with that. Because isn't it so that, I mean, Koch uh, had written something that he wanted to be put out after his death and which he, you know, said he still is, you know, was mad at Cuomo or he was... That's right. He didn't yeah, he recorded, he recorded that with the New York Times, I think, in 07 or 08. And Koch died, I think, in 2013. And yeah, a week or so after he died, um, they released that video. And Koch still held a grudge without question. I mean, he looked at the camera and said, Mario, you bleep. And uh, so, yeah, and, and Andrew was telling me that, you know, they, he, in his words, they reconciled to a point, um, you know, before they both passed on. But what a, what a matchup that was for, for reporters across the state. I mean, not quite two titans of the Democratic Party at that point, but two huge figures, uh, Mario really went after Koch in that first debate and by all accounts won it going away and that was one of the reasons why he was able to uh, kind of overcome the, the the name recognition of Ed Koch and, and, and win that primary and Andrew Cuomo, Cuomo told me that uh, he thought that was the happiest he'd ever seen his father that night. Really and it's ironic that that charge of homosexuality I mean today would probably not be a big deal. Oh I know and but you know back then and, and honestly you know, Bob, going through some research and looking at old old articles, I mean, it was barely even mentioned, almost if it was taboo to even talk about. Um, but, you know, the Koch, one of the, uh, this guy named um, John Lo Cicero, who was Koch's campaign manager, you know, he said that it was absolutely real. We had people go out and take the signs down instead of nowadays where they would, you know, be going to the media and saying, hey, look what we have here. You know, can you believe this is going on? They didn't want anyone to see the signs back then. Mm. And uh, if they existed, I should say. When uh, Cuomo or Mario Cuomo is elected uh, uh, governor in 1982 against Koch, comes to Albany, and you've got uh, a soundbite, uh, an interview with Richard Brodsky, longtime assemblyman. He still, I still see him. He does uh, like political columns for the mm-hmm. Times Union, I imagine other I'll newspapers. Think the Post, maybe. Well, anyway, uh, he talks about another thing I know that Mario was well-known for, and that's playing basketball. I guess he, he confronted Brodsky as soon, <laughs> soon as Cuomo came to Albany. That's right. We actually have a whole uh, a brief segment in the film about Mario's love of sports and how he would you know, not just play legislators like Richard Brodsky, but he would often regularly play against the press 
whether it was basketball in the downtown U Albany campus or softball, you know, not far from the executive mansion and uh, over in Lincoln Park. And, uh, you know, and, and Andrew told me that, you know, a lot of the times he liked to do that just to kind of vent his frustrations with the press. You know, and he would load his team up with, you know, some of the more athletic uh, state troopers or some of the some of the tougher people on the second right. floor, and uh, they would have battles. And you know, it, it's fun to look back and 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 think about that nowadays. That you know, it, it's laughable to think that would happen. Yeah, uh, as I recall, he he would often play against uh, Republican assemblyman from the Schenectady area, Jim Tedisco. Yeah, Jim. Uh, Jim Tedisco was a heck of a basketball player. He went to Union College, and um, you know you can still see. I think they retired his number, but yeah, he was he was an excellent basketball player. He liked to play against him. Uh, David Patterson, who went on to become governor, he liked to play uh, sports against against Mario as well. And uh, it's it, it's funny to hear some of the stories. I think people will will really enjoy it. And then that unusual moment in 19, well, now I was going to say 1992, the presidential race, uh, Mm -hmm. Cuomo had delivered this great speech in 1984 at the Democratic National Convention. Um, First off, what was great about that? Why was it a great speech? Well, here's the thing is that, and this had never been done before, but Andrew Cuomo and Tim Russert really did... uh, a great job of staging that speech. Before he came on, before Mario came on, they showed a video that mostly focused on the state of New York, but also talked a little bit about Mario Cuomo. But you know, when that video was done, they kept the lights off except for the one on the stage, you know, with Mario Cuomo. And so all of the attention for the first time in a keynote speech was on the speaker. And, you know, Mario was such a, a tremendous public speaker. Um, he, he took full advantage of it. He he hit on themes that Democrats wanted to hear in the time of Ronald Reagan. Uh, he kept using the words, we believe, we believe as Democrats. And it really pumped up the crowd. And Mark Humbert was telling me that, you know, after the speech, he talked to a lot of delegates who said, you know, we're nominating the wrong person. Mm. And I'd forgotten that Tim Russert was with Cuomo um, at that point in his career. But then we come to 92 and the the kind of support for uh, Mario Cuomo to run for president's growing. And he's at the last minute expected. Apparently, he uh, told some people in the media that, yes, he's going to take a plane. He had it uh, at the airport in Albany, was ready to go, and he's going to go up to New Hampshire and register so he could be in the uh, primary. But he didn't go. Why didn't he go? It was very uh, we, we, we portray it in a very dramatic fashion because it was it was very dramatic. It was uh, in October of 1991 where word leaked out that. Uh, Mario admitted that he was looking at it, and as yeah, I found out in the process of the of the film and what you you'll see on TV is that there was kind of a transition team of three people looking at it. But all the while, New York was really struggling through a, a budget crisis, you know, which back then happened constantly, and um, so that went on for October. It went on for November and December, and you know, the big question is, will he or won't he? And uh, it came down to December and. This woman named June O'Neill, who's in the film, she was sent to New Hampshire uh, the night before. Uh, she got a call from someone said, hey, we need you to go to New Hampshire. And she says, okay, when? And they're like, now. And so she got in the car with two other people, met this person up in New Hampshire, a longtime uh, 
Democratic uh, political strategist and former um, state senator named Joe Grand Maison. She met up with him, and uh, they had plans all set. They had the microphones, they had the lectern, they were ready to go. And Joe Grand Maison, uh, I guess you can see it in the film, but uh, they kept getting back to him. No, hold on, we're almost there. Wait, no, no. And then uh, finally news broke at uh, I think about 3.30 that afternoon that Mario Cuomo was not going to run for president. Wow. What is and, I'm sorry, to answer your, your question of why he didn't run, I think maybe only Mario Cuomo really knew, maybe Matilda, but uh, the, the sense that I got that he, he literally just didn't want to run for governor, or for president, I'm sorry, but he did feel the, the burden and the pressure from the hordes of people who wanted him to run. Yep. And so he tried to, as Andrew Cuomo described to me, take a, an intelligent look at the process to see if it was something that was doable. And it wasn't. Well, Matt Ryan, we're, we're just out of time. I thank you for uh, joining us. The documentary on WMHT television is Governor Mario Cuomo, Poetry and Prose. I'm Bob Cudmore.